the RC Noob Podcast. This is episode 45. My name is Tim. Thank you very much for listening. This is the show where we talk about the radio control hobby. Cars, trucks, quadcopters, planes, boats. It's a great hobby to be a part of and a great hobby to start. No matter what age you are, no matter what walk of life you're from, there is something for everyone in the world of RC. I'm very excited about today's show. I have two great guests that we'll be talking to later. Brian Almeida and Mike George from Exclusive RC. If you are not familiar with Exclusive RC, hopefully after today's episode you will be. Brian calls himself the Scale King, and that might be a very high bar to set for yourself, but when you can put out the types of products, the scale accessories, the 3D printed pieces that he puts out, yeah, you can call yourself the Scale King. He does an amazing job, great products. Uh, just attention to detail that's beyond compare from what I've seen uh, out you know, on the marketplace. Just amazing stuff. So we're going to talk to him, what got him into the hobby, what got him into 3D printing, and then you know, how did he take all of that and get to where he is now with Exclusive RC. And he's got a couple fun little tidbits that he'll share with us uh, as well. Some fun things to be on the lookout for from Exclusive RC. Along with Brian, I'll be talking with Mike George, also of Exclusive RC. Mike is what I would consider to be a master builder uh, in the realm of RC. He, he has just an amazing attention to detail uh, when he builds his various creations from a Jurassic Park Jeep, uh, which he'll get into more detail uh, later, to just some immaculate trail rigs. Uh, just the amount of detail and the love that he puts into each machine is it shows through in every picture and every video that he posts. Um, and he's going to share with us what got him into the hobby, what keeps him in the hobby, what keeps him connected to the hobby, and really where he sees it going, specifically around the scale scene, which, if you've been paying attention, that's a very hot area of radio control, especially now. So before we get into that, I do want to give a real quick thank you to Proline, Proline Racing, for supporting not only this episode of the RC Noob Podcast, but the RC Noob Podcast as a whole, and also rcnoob.com. If you've been around the hobby for any amount of time, chances are good that you've seen a Proline Racing product, whether it's tires, wheels, bodies, even their own kits. You know, Proline is made by people that love the hobby. You know, they're hobbyists, they're enthusiasts, just like you and I. I've seen videos of events, and the folks from Proline are right there. They're in the trenches. They're wheeling rigs. They're racing machines. They, you know, they're there. They live, eat, sleep, and breathe radio control. So that's just one of the many, many reasons I love them, and I thank them very much for their support of the RC New Podcast. Now, every month, Proline will release a new product. Some months they release a ton of products. Some months they only release a few. Uh, this past month they released one that's very near and dear to my heart, had me very excited, and I actually pre-ordered one. And that product is the Jeep Wrangler body for the Ambush 4x4. And Ambush 4x4 is Proline's 125th scale micro crawler. I've talked about this on previous episodes. I've done write-ups on it at smallscalerc.com. Uh, I, I love that rig. I'm actually packing that up right now. I'm going camping this weekend. I'm taking it with me. Um, technically, it's, I guess, glamping. Um, the uh, campsite I go to does not really want you running around with a one-tenth scale machine 
on the main trails. So I figured I'll bring the ambush and we can make some trails around our little campsite and have some fun that way. So that is getting packed up in my bag. It's ultra portable. I love that truck so much. It's such a blast. Anyway, onto their new release, this new body. You can put a Jeep body on it if you're not down with the Ford Bronco or International Scout body that came with the machine out of the box. You can get this Jeep body. So I've got one pre-ordered, took advantage of their Father's Day 15% off coupon, um, and I'm very excited. Can't wait to get that. I'm trying to figure out what color to paint it uh, and what kind of scheme and, and theme I may want to go with. Um, but as far as the coupons concerned, you know, every day is not Father's Day. And I'm, as a father, that bums me out. I wish every day would be Father's Day. But that means you can't get the 15% off discount every day. But you can get a discount, and the discount is 10%. Now, I can tell you how to get the discount, but you have to promise to tell everyone that you know. Okay? Very important. You tell everybody you know how to get the 10% off discount. You get that discount by punching in RCNOOBAP10 during your checkout from ProLineRacing.com, and you'll save 10% off your order. Very simple, you know, easy to remember, RCNOOBAP10 in the coupon code, punch it in, hit submit, savings, boom, done. Simple. I love it. So thank you very much for ProLine for allowing me to offer that coupon. I want to say a big thank you to HobbyCo. HobbyCo hooked me up with their latest Dromeda brushless machine, which is their BL Monster Truck. It's a one eighteenth scale vehicle. Um, I've had that machine for about a month. I've written and posted my full review of that over on smallscalerc.com. Uh, if you're not familiar with smallscalerc.com, that's where I tend to keep all of my smaller scale uh, writings and videos and reviews. We'll still talk about that over on rcnoob.com, but not to the extent that we cover it over on smallscalerc. Anyway, the BL Monster Truck is a beast. I love it. Like, it's. I thought that the Axial Yeti Rock Racer, the Axial Yeti Junior Rock Racer, was my favorite 118th scale machine. It's getting a big challenge from the BL Monster Truck. Now, the BL Monster Truck and the Yeti Junior don't exactly match up vehicle spec-wise. Um, one is more off-road. One is more insane. Uh, the insane one would be the BL Monster Truck. We've had such a fun time driving that. I've had a blast driving it. My oldest son has had a blast driving it. My youngest son's had a blast driving it. My dad has had a blast driving it. So we're talking generations of people having a blast driving this little 118th scale machine i know it's a monster truck but it handles like a short course truck it can slide drift jump tumble we've cart rolled it we've jumped it we've beaten the stuffing out of it and it still runs it looks beautiful the bottom only has a few minor minor scuffs on it we've jumped that thing so hard um i absolutely love that machine if you want to read more about that vehicle, the BL Monster Truck from Dromeda, uh, go to smallscalerc.com. There you can find the review. You can find the unboxing videos. Uh, you can find a couple other items around that model. And I'll be posting a shorter version of that review to rcnoob.com in the near future as well. So, again, thank you to Hobbyco for hooking me up with that model. Very, very fun. Um, and it's only 150 
$149.99. And if you're going to spend $149.99, I think you can spend it a lot worse ways than picking up a machine that will just put a insane grin on your face from the moment that you punch the throttle. It's that much fun. So do check that out. Okay, now on to the main topic of tonight. I've got Brian Almeida and Mike George from Exclusive RC. So I want to welcome to the show Brian Almeida and Mike George from Exclusive RC. Guys, welcome to the RC New Podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Hey, Tim. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So before we get into, you know, the the guts of what Exclusive RC is and what products they produce, uh, let's take things back to you know, what, what drew you to the hobby. Um, Brian, we'll start with you. And then Mike, if you want to chime in, what, you know, what was the spark that got you into the hobby? Well, I've had a passion for creating things ever since I was a child. I have an artistic background. I, my mother told me that I was the only two-year-old that she's ever known or ever met that would color inside the lines of a coloring book versus scribbling. So. From then on, she knew that, you know, I had, you know, something special with me. I mean, throughout high school, throughout my childhood, I was the type of kid that, you know, I'd get excited when mom and dad would bring home a brand new refrigerator because that huge box would turn into a custom clubhouse that I would carve up and create and all that good stuff. So I was always taking something from nothing and making something out of it. Um, And uh, throughout my years as a teen, um, I would draw in school, throughout class, get in trouble all the time. Um, And I knew that the arts were always for me and I had a passion for creating stuff. It blossomed into me becoming really, really good artistically in drawing and actually going to um, School of Visual Arts in Manhattan and getting my bachelor's degree in illustration. Um, In the meantime, while I was doing that, I had opened up my own performance shop where I was actually doing all the stuff that I do now in RC, I was doing it one-to-one. So I was building real race cars, doing custom engine bays, building motors, painting, doing custom body work, you know, the whole nine. Um, but it always felt like there was something missing. And throughout that time, I would juggle back and forth between different hobbies, RC, Airsoft. Um, I'm big into model trains. I do a lot of uh, really scale layouts for HO trains, things like that, scenery. I'm I'm really particular in making stuff look real because I like the awe factor. Um, And uh, basically what ended up happening was about four years ago, I was playing with my Traxxas Stampede, actually. And I wanted something bigger, but I was, you know, a big Traxxas fan. And I ran a company called Fast Lane Machine that made a conversion kit to turn your Stampede into a eighth scale monster truck. Bought all the stuff for it, made it it look super cool, started looking super scale. And uh, something one day just, you know, I was staring at my Snap-on toolbox at the shop. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool if I had one of these really small. And uh, I made my first Snap-on toolbox out of styrene from scratch. Took me about four and a half hours. Then I made a little um, opening tool cart next to it and a few little accessories. Posted them on Facebook. Just said, hey, guys, check out what I did. You know, no big deal. But apparently it was a big deal. I got contacted by numerous people. Hey, how much? Uh, it's not for sale. Uh, <laughs> if you make one, I'll buy it. Okay. Um, 50 bucks. Cool. I want four. 
I want Whoa. six. I want three. Well, okay. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably undercut myself because about six hours worth of work, 50 bucks. Yeah, I'm making about seven, eight bucks after material. It's not too good. So, yeah, I don't think I'm going to build anymore. Hey, you guys still got the, the toolboxes for sale? Sure. Um, how much are they? $100. Okay, I want three. People don't stop. I'm like, you know what? It'd be cool if I had someone to help me build these things. Then I realized that not everybody had the skill or the talent to do what I do. Um, and at the time, starting a business kind of seemed like, uh, you know, I don't know if the toy business is really for me. I don't really know if there's money in it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, 3D printing was starting to become really, really big. It started becoming more and more popular. I had followed it in years past, but never thought it'd be anything that we would be able to deal with. And uh, I picked up my first printer. It was a nightmare. It was horrible. I hated everything about it. I wanted to drag it behind my Jeep because it was just a big <laughs> learning curve. But um, I figured it out. And then I said to myself, well, in the six hours that it takes to print a toolbox, I can do other things. It's like having an employee. So this might just work. That's kind of where Exclusive RCR started. Okay, cool. Very cool. Well, that was interesting. That's a great backstory. Uh Nice crash stuff course, there right? I never even knew before. That was awesome. Um, and I think that's what makes our hobby so awesome is the diversity and different backgrounds and what makes a spark for each of us is so different for, for everyone. Um, my passion and enthusiasm comes from maybe, I don't know, you want to say a darker side. Um, I had a darker past. Uh, Love to drink. Um, I, I call myself an, a recovering alcoholic. Um, so when I hit my sobriety date, I needed something to fill that void. And just kind of happened. I picked up a T-Max, a Traxxas. I think that seems to be the gateway for most people in this hobby. Yeah. Got myself a Traxxas T-Max. And instantly fell in love with this truck um their traxxas has a huge uh aftermarket support for all their vehicles um t-max specifically um tons of hop-ups i rebuilt and built that car so many times i could probably do it in my sleep now it, it, there's a lot of room for the individual to create and build their own trucks that fit their own personality um, and that's what I was drawn to. I, I saw a, with every truck, I see a clean palette uh, to go and be an artist and make something, a theme build, um, make it your own. And that was something that kept me uh, out of trouble and um, gave me um, the ability to focus my energy on something creative. Um, do something more positive with my time and it just kind of developed into a passion that I do every day I kind of live this hobby 24 7 I'm always thinking about um, a build doing something different and I owe a lot to this hobby um, it, it changed my life for the better thank you for sharing that too uh... It's yeah, it's it's amazing. And you said this earlier after Brian kind of gave his 
his background, but it's amazing how we all come from different areas and yet we still congregate around this one central theme and uh, what this one central hobby. Um, and it's amazing that so many of us find you know, release calm Zen, whatever you want to call it, you know, in building these little vehicles and, and customizing them and making them our own. Uh, Mike, I know you've created a number of very well thought out builds, uh, creations, uh, might even go as far as to say, you know, rolling pieces of art. It, what, when, when you build something, when you build one of these machines, like what, what, where's the spark from to, to, you know, come up with the end result for the theme for, you know, uh, sure. You know, do you, do you go into it with a model in mind and say, okay, this, I'm going to buy this with the intent of making it X, Y, and um, Z, or, you know, does it, does it grow organically? I, I guess, well, first of all, thank you very much for the compliment. Um, You're welcome. The, for some of them, yes, I think you can kind of go into this with a game plan. Sure. Uh, buy a, buy a truck specifically for an end game. I, I would say 90% of the time that that is usually how it's going to be. Um, you know what you're going to build. Um, and other times they kind of change as you're doing it. You realize, well, maybe that's not going to work for this one. Um, the more you stare at it and the more you're wrenching on it, realize oh, we're going to go a different direction here. So they kind of take on their own shape in a way. Um, you let the let the build come to you. Um, there is so much inspiration online uh, through social media and Facebook, Instagram. It has connected us all, able to uh, share and appreciate all the amazing builds that are out there. There are some people out there doing some amazing stuff, and. That is where I get my inspiration from. When you see somebody else's picture posted up um, on Facebook or Instagram and you see that and you're like, wow, now I got new life. I want to go and try and replicate that uh, or maybe not replicate, but oh, that just gave me a great idea. I'm going to try that. I'm in the same boat. I love seeing what people come up with. I love seeing people pushing the envelope uh, and just it, it's an ever evolving hobby and you might not think that just looking at it from the surface, you, you think RC cars are, you know, they're RC cars, they're toy cars. You know, and then that's that, but there's so much more to it. There are so many different facets to it. And I think when you dive into the scale side, that's when you really start to see the creativity and, and the ingenuity Absolutely. start to show up. You, when I started out with my T-Max, um, <laughs> I was trying to bolt on uh, fire extinguishers and different scale accessories onto this thing. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't work on a truck that's going 50 miles an hour bouncing through the grass. Parts are popping off. Um, but th I, I was being drawn to the scale side. And at that time, I didn't even know it existed. And the very first time I was introduced to a scale build, it, my mind was blown and I'm like, this is what I've been searching for the entire time. This is what I need to be doing. And when I got that first SCX 10 and got to start bolting on pop-ups and making 
scale accessories for for this thing that were not falling off every time I drove it. It was a total game changer. Now I fell in love with scale. And Brian, I'm going to jump over to you next. So with your you know, interest and your passion, not only in RC, but also in 3D printing, um, assuming that you've, you know, you found your peace with, with, with the 3D printer that you have, uh, are the ideas that you get for the products that you create for exclusive RC, are they driven by the specific RC model? Are they driven by a one-to-one? You know, where, where does that inspiration come from and how does that develop and flow? Well, the, the the drive actually comes from the want of what it is that I want. Honestly, a lot of these things came from nobody was making anything like this, and I wanted it for me. And I always, what I think makes me successful, or anyone for that matter, doing what I do, is you got to keep the mentality of I want this for me. And if it doesn't sell, I got one. And yes. if it does sell, then that's a one-up. And a lot of it came from that. And a lot also came from the love of just wanting to make things as scale as possible and as realistic as possible. So, yes, if I'm working on a specific model, I'm going to do my homework and my research on that particular model and see what it has, what it needs to make it look real, what parts I need to make that don't exist that have to be parts specific to that vehicle. And it's one of those things that once I make it for that, it's it's now available. And that's one of the good things about 3D printing is once you've done the first one, it's not as easy as Control-P like a paper printer, but it's almost the same because the design is already there. You've already spent your hours of design time and test printing and prototyping that now it's literally it's dialed in and it's just a matter of making sure your printer's working good and hitting print, doing your cleanup, your paint, your you know post procedures and keeping it moving. I, I'm in my sixth month of 3D printer ownership, and uh, yeah, not a lot of head nodding over here, you know, with the, the prototyping and <laughs> a lot of piles of messed up plastic <laughs> Yes, yep. have littered my, my path. But it's it's fun to be able to take an idea, and, and some of these ideas that I've thrown against the, the 3D printer, they've been, they've been locked in my head for years. And I didn't have the means to see them into reality. But now, you know, it's like this magical box that can do almost whatever I want. And um, that's it's been such a neat release for me. And I sit in awe watching all the amazing products that you're putting out through Exclusive RC. Um, with with right. that, let's segue into Exclusive RC. You know, what what is the goal of exclusive RC, what, you know, what do you want to bring to the hobby and to the enthusiast? Well, to the enthusiast, I I'd like to believe that I'm already there where I wanted to be. And that's exclusive RC being synonymous with scale. So when you think of one, you think of the other and both go hand in hand and you can't really have one without the other. Um, and I think I've done a pretty good job of getting people to understand that that's where I'm trying to be. Um, as far as the business goes, my sole purpose and goal is to put out as much and as good a quality product that I, I can for the scale market and basically for any market, RC related, non RC related. It's just, you know, every good person's dream, whether it be, you know, small 18 scale uh, dioramas or, you know, one six scale massive truck builds or even, you know, half scale. I mean, you know. 
they call me the scale king and obviously with purpose because anything that scale i have no problem in getting my hands dirty with and doing what i need to do scaling up scaling down and ultimately i want to just put out the best products that i can and you know anything that you think of i want it to exist you want you know a uh a sink with, uh, you know, a soap dispenser for your scale garage. Sure, we got that. You want, you know, a, a toilet seat to go with it? No problem. Do you want it to be functional? Because we can make that happen. Um, you know, and, and speaking of that, that's another way of pushing the envelope and raising the bar. Not only do I make these aesthetically beautiful models for your garage, your cars, whatever it is you're into, but now certain items, I'm also you know, pairing up with Jonathan Baskins, who's the owner of PowerShift RC and one of my team drivers. And I'm pairing with him and taking what he knows and putting it together and coming out with a functional, aesthetically pleasing item. So now not only do you have a parts washer, but it squirts water, it spins, it does what it's supposed <laughs> to do. Your lift goes up and down, you know, and we want to just keep breaking boundaries and pushing that envelope because, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, there's a lot of the pie to go around for everybody. And there's a lot of businesses trying to do what I'm doing and some of them doing it and doing it successfully. But at the end of the day, you still want to be on top and you still want to do what you can to make sure that your product is the best, if not one of the best there for, you know, the end user. And um, just to give them something that nobody's giving them. Ultimately things will be copied. Things will be uh, duplicated. Um, It's just the nature of the beast. It's, it's part of the industry. I mean, ultimately, my business is built on me replicating real life things and copying them into a smaller scale. I mean, that's just the truth of the the matter. But I want to make sure that I'm putting out the best possible scale items that I can for whatever scale, for whatever part of the hobby, um, so that the enthusiast can actually do things that they maybe couldn't do on their own. Maybe they didn't have the knowledge to build their own garage or maybe they just didn't have the time. No matter what the reason, you know, any time I can help, whether build you an entire rig from start to finish or just give you the parts so you can build it yourself, you know, I definitely want to have a hand in that. Tim, can I jump in there and add on to what Brian was saying? Yeah, join the party, Mike. All righty. You know, when when I met Brian, it was a game changer for me. Um, He introduced me to parts of this hobby that I didn't even know existed. But one of the things that I think that makes Brian so successful, and he kind of touched on it here, but it was with competition. And he will welcome any 3D printer out there to the game and and basically welcome them with open arms and simply say, you think you can do this? Have at it. Give it a try. And that's what makes him push harder. Competition is what pushed exclusive RC to the next level. Um, if it wasn't for the competition out there, I think it would make any business go stale. Um, so there is plenty of competition out there for exclusive RC, but that's what pushes them farther. And I think that's why Brian has been so successful is his attitude he's got the recipe in his head for success i concur it definitely sounds (laughs) like it uh i think good fuel yeah yeah definitely the the idea of 3d printing in general i i feel that it was you know 
not that it, not intentionally made for the hobby, but it they go hand <laughs> in hand so well. Almost, yeah. it was the game changer forced for the RC scale world tour. You know, and, and now that you see more people, you know, such as myself, getting you know a desktop 3D printer and just cranking out little things, or you see folks, you know, like Brian taking things to the next level. Uh, I love seeing that, you know, the little shops popping up, selling their little things, having their own spin and, and their own take on things. And even if there are, I want to say duplications of the same product, but, you know, everybody's got a different take on how something can function and how something should look. Uh, and it just, it opens up so many different doors. Where do you see 3D printing going within the hobby, not just in the scale side? You know, but think, you know, racing, I, I've seen th uh, racing buggy parts being created through 3D printing. You know, the Traxxas TRX-4, when that prototype hit in, you know, the, the Toy Fair show early this year, that had some 3D printed parts on it. Where, yes, where, yes, do, you, where do you see it going? Well, I can jump in on this real quick and let Brian pick up here, but I know right off the bat, where it's going right now is where these printers are taking it. And Brian can introduce the newest printer that he's just uh, welcomed into his arsenal. And with this new printer, it's a game changer. It changes the uh, scale accessory that was once um, an accent piece to now a functional scale item. Hmm. Um, Brian, yeah, this this thing is, uh, you know, as I like to say, the bee's knees. And, and where I'm from, bees have knees. So <laughs> this thing is totally revolutionary. And, and it's actually, it's one of those things that it actually helps to weed out quality and all of those, like you said, people who have printers i mean ultimately this is where i see 3d printing in general going i feel like you're gonna go to uh walmart or target whatever your favorite store is and uh you're gonna go buy yourself a nice little dirt devil vacuum and you're gonna be vacuuming at home and then one day your vacuum is gonna break and you're pretty handy so you decide to take it apart and uh, you find that you know a tube inside with some kind of flange is broken you call dirt devil and tell him hey this piece is broken can I buy it off you? Is it under warranty, et cetera, et cetera. By that time, everybody and their mother will have a 3D printer in their house because it'll be just like a paper printer was back in the day. And Dirt Devil's going to say, sure, it's $14.99 or it's under warranty. Can we get your email, please? Absolutely. And they're going to send you over an STL file. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to print a replacement part for that Dirt Devil. Hmm. That's where I feel that 3D printing is going to go. As far as the hobby goes, the good thing about 3D printing is this. If you're putting out top-notch quality, it's for one of two reasons. Number one, you're either really, really patient and you're printing on a crappy printer and you're sitting there spending three or four hours of post-process afterwards, sanding this thing down and painting it and doing it for a hobby more so than a job because ultimately time is money and right. it's just not time, it's just not cost-effective. Or you have a really, really expensive printer that prints in quality that people could not even believe was printed. And that right there will separate you from the rest. So it's not even so much your ideas at this point. It's just the quality of the product period and the functionality, which brings me to my next point. 
I started with a simple MakerBot back in the day. Okay. I got them when they first came out. They started at about $3,500, a lot of money. I worked really hard to get that money and get one printer. For about a year and a half, I ran my business off of one printer. So yes, it took forever to print certain things, to build up inventory. It was almost, uh, there were times where I almost wanted to give up. And, but unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, give up's just not in my nature. Um, I can't, I'm the type of person that gets sick and I'm still working. So I ended up being able to do the research I needed, find out why printers fail, what parts are good, what parts aren't, start to do a conglomerate of parts and make my own printers. And I went from one to two, two to four, four to six. Now I'm up to eight. And from dealing with people in the industry and meeting the right people, making the right connections, doing the right type of work for the right type people, I've been, you know, able to get into places that I might not have been able to get to on my own. I've been able to afford certain things that I might not have been able to afford in the past. And with that being said, you know, I now have an $8,000 printer sitting on my shelf and, you know, it wasn't easy, you know, to get to where I'm at today. You know, I have a lot of people to thank. The list is actually pretty long, but now this new printer not only does it print in quality that you cannot see a print line on, I mean, this thing looks like the part came off of an ABS injection mold, oh, wow. but it also implements fiberglass into the print if I choose to, which makes it 15 and a half times stronger than PLA and gives it the same tinsel strength as aluminum. So now, not only am I printing in plastic still, but I'm able to reinforce it and make functional parts. So... Not only can we get a, a custom bumper made for your rig, but now you don't have to worry about the cons of having a really heavy bumper on your truck that's made out of metal. It's weighing you down. It's getting caught up in things. Now we have the technology that F1 uses and NASCAR uses to make certain parts for their vehicles out of this carbon nylon with the fiberglass um, uh, impregnation uh, technique that it uses. And I'm able to basically weed myself out from the rest or the competition, quote unquote. I, I like to uh, I like to always keep, stay one step ahead of the game or 10 steps in this case. Yeah. But with something like this, <laughs> it really, really helps to not only solidify my place on the market and in the industry and in the hobby, but also help me put out more of the ideas that I've wanted to do in the past, but knew that by doing them in the uh, lighter or the uh, not so strong PLA, it just wouldn't be successful. And I would have a lot of customers that would be upset because, you know, parts just didn't last and didn't do their job. Right. Well, that sounds cool. I can't wait to see what you create with the, with the new printer and the new technology. Yeah. There's a lot of things in, in, in the, uh, in, in the loophole, a lot of things on my, uh, in my brain that are uh, starting to come to fruition now. And actually, this printer is three weeks ahead of schedule, so I just received it today. It's already doing its first print right now. I'm literally staring at it as we speak, and I'm still at awe that I cannot find one print line on this thing. That's a game changer. Yeah, to say the least. So let's, let's dovetail for a moment. We, we've, we've talked about scale. We've talked about the 3D printing portion of it and accessories on the scale scene there we're if, if you're a fan of scale rc this is the time to be 
a fan of Scale RC. You know, for the longest time, Axial has been around. They've ruled the roost. They've had, you know, and created amazing machines, the SCX-10, the RR-10 bomber, you know, there are other, you know, comp crawling rigs, what have you. They're established. They were the king. Well, now I think we've got three definite challengers to that throne in Traxxas, HPI, and Red Cat Racing. So we've got three new vehicles coming out in the span of four months. The first one's already hit. That's the Traxxas TRX-4. That one has set forums, Facebook, the Internet, in the world of RC ablaze over the last few months, uh, really since the beginning of the year. What do you guys think, as you're all fans of Scale RC, what, what are your thoughts seeing these three new machines hitting the marketplace? Where do you think it can take Scale RC where it hasn't well, gone before? Uh, well, let me first backtrack one second here. There is no doubt in my mind, I am not going to dispute, Axial has definitely, you know, uh, taken a big chunk out of the scale scene, but we cannot go any farther without going back and mentioning the TF2. Um, that oh, is yeah. also one that is sharing the pedestal right now with Axial. Um, I've seen things done with this TF2 that blow my mind. It, it's super scaled. Um, that being said, um, the TRX4, um, focusing on that and saying Traxxas coming into the scale scene has probably got to be one of the most exciting things for me personally. I am a Traxxas fanboy at heart, um, and maybe a lot of people can probably take that title. Um, I think Traxxas tends to be the um, gateway drug, if you will, for most of us into the hobby. We all start with our Traxxas uh, slash um, stampede something along that line. Guilty. Now we're going to take this Traxxas vehicle and introduce it into the world of scale. You're getting the best of both worlds. Um, the truck will um, hopefully live up to all the hype. Um, I've got big expectations for it, but one of the greatest things that I can say about Traxxas coming to the game is what we were talking about earlier. This is just more competition um, for these companies now to push each other harder. Try this again. Now, now the best oh. thing that need now the thing that needs to happen though um, Mike, is it needs to be yes. Sorry to interrupt you. We no I, problem. I, I lost the connection or something happened and I couldn't hear you guys. No so problem. That was I would say like a minute ago. Um, so you were talking, uh, so it was, you know, you mentioned the TF, the, the, the trail finder, uh, yep. Traxxas was kind of the, the gateway. And then now yep. we've got Traxxas and kind of their durability 
in in the you know taking that from the basher world and bringing it into the scale world yes it's okay. kind of um welcoming practice to the scale scene now we've got the best of both worlds um we had my go fast fun and the scale scene coming together um what Traxxas needs to do now is uh, be a part of this. Um, what I think one of the things that makes Axial so successful, RC four-wheel drive so successful, is they have a face in the crowd. Um, they are in the trenches at the events. Um, they are out there and listening to what people have to say. Um, they get the feedback and they make their changes for Traxxas to be successful. I think that they're going to need to be willing to listen to what these users have to say um, and be be accepted a part of the scale scene. Um, that's my vision and hope I, I, I want nothing but the best for Traxxas and I hope this TRX4 is a success. Um, that's it. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I hope for your sake, Mike, since you're getting one soon. Uh, yes, that it, tomorrow. That it's happy everything birthday that you, to me. Yeah, happy birthday to you. Happy early birthday. Um, I hope that it's everything that you think it's going to be. I, I, let's see, maybe three hours ago, I held one in my hands at my local hobby shop. And it took every ounce of willpower I had not to whip <laughs> up my wallet and walk out with that thing. Uh, but I, I set it down gently and, and, and backed away. Um, I was impressed, you know, not, not being able to look under the hood. They had it all pinned up and it was still wrapped in plastic somewhat, but I could, you know, pick it up and, and feel the weight of it and look underneath. And it, it was very impressive. Um, I know I lift up my SCX 10 and you can see right up into the body. You lift up the, the TRX four they did a very nice job sealing everything off, you know, air quotes, sealing everything off, you know, putting a, a bottom skid plate onto it, putting the fenders in there, uh, reinforcing the body with those supports. They just, it very nice, great first attempt. Um, I was very impressed just seeing it sitting there on the hobby shop sure. shelf. And they also wanted to push the hobby a, a little bit farther um in, introducing a two-speed transmission on the fly with locking differentials taking some notes from the summit and bringing that over into the scale scene it's going to be um it, it's new to a lot of people this is something that axial wasn't doing before um is it for everyone maybe not is it going to be loved by everyone no but in the right situations and for the right person, it, it might be a neat feature. And I say kudos to Traxxas for trying something different and pushing the envelope. That's where we come back to the competition. Um, this is what pushes these people to try different things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And not to make this all about the Traxxas TRX4, sure. but there are also two other models you know, yes. coming out. And I think one of one of the three that I, th I feel is getting lost in the shuffle is HPI's venture. And that was the first one to get announced over a year yes. ago. And you know, that had the same effect on the hobby and enthusiasts as the TRX4 did. You know, it just lit place, it lit the whole 
scene up. Oh my gosh, yes. we can't, you know, it's a new crawler. We can't wait to get our hands on it. Well, then HPI had their, their issues and yep. I, I'm thrilled to Got see that the they're lead. getting, they're, yeah, they're getting their legs back under them. They're releasing the products that were intended to be released a year ago. Uh, but you know, the ventures is coming out. I can't wait to see that thing up close. And then you've got Red Cat Racing. You know, these guys are kind of coming out of nowhere Correct. with with durability. They've definitely stepped up their durability as of late. Uh, price point is to die for. The base model runs at just under two hundred dollars for yeah. a little. For it, you know, eighty dollars more, you get a fully decked out rig. Uh, I think we're going to see some amazing battles between not only these three, but then you throw in Axel, you throw in RC4WD, and you throw in you know, every other manufacturer because I'm missing a few of them. I did a nice write-up on rcnoob.com about you know what, what the scale scene looks like, but you've got all these guys vying for your money, and I think that's going to yeah. just – it's going to be great. You know, the competition aspect I is going to be amazing. Red Cat – Red Hat specifically has broken the mold when it comes to setting price points for their rigs. Um, I, they, for, for your dollar, you're not going to get a much better quality rig for your dollar. Um, I, so they really keep these other companies in check with their price points that they set. And um, like you said, I don't think Red Hat is what it used to be. I think they've done their homework and they've made some changes. And I think you're right that when the Red Cat hits the scale market, it's going to be an exciting time. There's a whole lot of new players out there on the field right now. Yeah. Brian, what are your thoughts seeing these new these new players to the world of scale RC? Um, I've got to hold all of these rigs. Um. Except for the Red Cat, I physically okay. touched and held every new vehicle that is out or coming out. Nice. Um, and I am impressed, but I'm also not at the same time. Okay. I feel like a lot of them rushed and cut certain corners that should have never been cut. Um, I feel like Traxxas, it, you know, reliability-wise, I don't think it's something we really have to worry about. Um one good they've done a lot of good things with this new truck um i've noticed that a lot of the companies you know vetera especially um praxis the newer trucks are starting to come out a little bigger than what we're normally used to as 10th scale i think that they're a little closer to ninth scale borderline eighth scale almost especially with the traxxas rig because it's huge now is that a bad thing no size is good i mean as they say size matters um, I think they did a really good job with designing the body with the features on the body being rubber versus plastic, because that's, that's a game changer in and of itself. Rubber, rubber molded fenders, rubber, you know, everything. It's just so much more reliable and unbreakable per se. However, in the same token, you know, you blacked out windows, which you should have never done. Um, you know, they should have stayed clear. I mean, there's ways around that, but it's a bit of a pain for the uh, person that's not used to uh, doing that kind of custom work. They did, however, leave a lot of room there for someone like me to come in and do an awesome scale interior and do all the good stuff that I'm known for doing. Um, one thing I don't like, I'm not a fan of the two-speed transmission. Reason being, 
Do you ever really get to use it when you're crawling, when you're doing it? I think it's more of a novelty thing versus an actual function. It's kind sure. of like, uh, yeah. it's kind of like, um, uh, when you're running a, uh, a vehicle that has like, you know, smoke and sound, like it's cool, but then it kind of gets annoying and smells bad after a while type of deal. It's really cool to show off, but do you really need it in a toy? No, not really. It's like when you lock your differentials, you know, lock and unlock them. I mean, that's another thing. They did that, and I thought that was a cool novelty thing, but do you really need it? No, I don't think so. Do you have people that want it? Absolutely. What would I have done? I would have released the Traxxas single-speed trans, no lockable, unlockable option on it as a base so I could lower that price and get a lot more people into the hobby scale-wise with the name that they already trust being Traxxas. Um, and then I would have just had those optional parts for the real enthusiast who wants to do two-speed transmission, unlockable, lockable uh, diffs and things of that nature because, and I mean, let's face it, and with the clear windows, uh, where and with the cl- and with the clear yeah. windows. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, let's face it. You know, I- I've been doing this for a long time. I build semi trucks and construction rigs that haul 200 plus actual pounds. And do I use my three speed transmission? Never. You know, do I lock and unlock my diffs? No, not really, because it really doesn't make a difference. Something that small. You know, a lot of times, as they say, when you go from one to one scale to tenth scale. You lose a lot of definition the smaller you go because it's just physically impossible to fit things into that kind of space. Right. But overall, I think they did a good job. You know, they, they came out with their new rod ends, which were a lot beefier than the Revo ones that everybody's used to, especially us monster truck drivers, because we use those those Revo ends for everything. Um, so they came out with those that are a lot thicker on this truck. Um you know, other than some aesthetic issues, you know, the, the roto packs being a little too big, but again, that's coming from someone who lives the word scale. And I look at everything in a scale manner. I mean, even one-to-one stuff I look at and I'm like, ah, oh, that looks a little too big. You know? I, I do, I do say that Traxxas did not um, let us down on the fact that they got the scale wrong. I, I think even yeah. on, on most of their rigs, they've been calling things 10 scale and they were definitely eight scale. Yeah. yeah, you know, well, they're, I mean, they're that's, scale that's, all day long, um, and that's a natural thing that we're already all used to. Yeah. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, I mean, listen, it, it, it is what it is. Um, I think that uh, ultimately they're going to be successful. I think it's going to be good. I, th- you know, we all know that they're going to eventually come out with their own, um, their own clear body uh, for you to do whatever you want to do to it. You know, it's only a matter of time. However, I feel like they should have done their homework a little bit more with certain things that they did, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, HPI is a little more on the scale side as far as the size goes. Um, You know, did they cut corners? Yeah, some here, some there. Nothing that would be, oh, my God, it's going to be detrimental to the, uh, the business. But, you know, there was a point in time where we thought HPI wasn't even going to be around anymore. And, I mean, none of us really know exactly what is or isn't going on with that situation but you know it's still um it's still a good product it's still something that again i believe is going to sell and be just fine in the market um red cat i i don't know i've had experiences with red cat in the past um i wasn't a huge fan i felt like they cut a lot of corners to get into the hobby and put out a lot of parts and a lot of products that were just subpar um 
I've been told by a lot of people that they've gotten better since. I personally haven't dealt with them, so I can't speak for myself now, the way they, they stand now or where they're at now. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, listen, I'll give all of them a fair shake. I'll try them out, and I'll see, you know, what's what. And we all know that there's always improvement for everything. I mean, I don't think that there would be a market if somebody put out a vehicle that was perfect in every single way because what's there left to do to it? Right. Right. Good point. And it's just that much more inventory for exclusive RC to to add to their list. With every one of these new trucks hitting the market, um, you know, for a fact, the exclusive RC will be there to make sure that there are scale accessories to add to them all. Exactly. Yep. They're like Pokemon. You got to catch them all. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, uh, the hobby shop, uh, worker that I spoke with seemed, he hinted that Traxxas was going to be releasing accessories and other things for the TRX soon or TRX for soon ish. Um, they're the, the shop that I have that my local shop is more, they cater more to trains, uh, than they do. RC and I think this guy was more train oriented um but still it was fun to hold one after seeing you know the videos and seeing the pictures and having to wipe the drool off my keyboard and uh it's it was just neat to to take a, a really close look to it um HPI again I've only seen it through photos and through video but that's another one that really interests me and I'm hoping to hold one whenever they hit my local shop um and then there's the red cat and you know mike and i were talking earlier before we kicked off the show you know that one they've only released renderings of that model but what i've seen i've liked and i can i've only had one red cat vehicle in my fleet you know and it's the rs10 so that's their you know crawler traditional crawler and i've taken it and converted it into an air quotes you know scale rig for one of my kids because he wanted a scale rig after I got my SCX-10. So we modified it. And and that thing is, for all intents and purposes, is bulletproof. He runs it through, into, over, you name it. It, you know, it still runs. We're probably on our fifth steering servo, but, you know, those are, that's a steering servo. (laughs) Um, Motors are still stock, you know, it's, I'm very impressed with what that vehicle came with and for the price point that it was and still is sold at. I think it's like 150 or 135 if you really look hard enough. But again, it's not a scale rig. So now to see them bringing kind of that same price mentality into the scale world, um, I hope that it brings more people into the hobby. And if if they don't stick with Red Cat forever and they go into other models, fine. But let that be a stepping stone. Let Traxxas be a stepping stone. Let HPI be a stepping stone. Let's just get more people into the hobby. And experiencing yeah. what we're all experiencing. I, I exactly these these new people coming into this hobby, um, into the scale scene specifically, can only mean new people. Um, and the people, the consumer is the heart and soul to the hobby. Um, and we keep bringing new people into it. That's what keeps it energized. And if there is electricity like that around the hobby, then these companies will keep building. Um, I think you you can't mention Red Cat without talking about price right off the bat. They've figured out a formula to keep the price at a reasonable number that will welcome new people um, into the hobby. The uh, Traxxas 
going back to TRX4, if, if um, history can teach us anything, um, that is, there will be hop-ups coming for the TRX4 from Traxxas and other aftermarket companies. Um, there is no question there is a huge following with Traxxas and these companies making stuff for these cars. And I think the same will be said for the TRX4. So the people that have been upset about the body that came with it, all that is going to change. There will be plenty of room for the TRX4 to be upgraded and customized into your own personal rig. Um, it's just, you know, it's a new truck on the market and time will tell. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now we've we've looked at the the scale horizon, what's on the scale horizon, and and now I've got a much better idea of what exclusive RC is all about. So Brian and Mike, I do thank you guys for joining me on this episode of the show. Uh, Absolutely. Before we go, though, I have to ask you: out of all the vehicles in each of your respective collections, which one? Well, first up, do you have a favorite, and oh. if so what is it? A favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like uh, that's like me. Well, picking your favorite you kid. Here. here, let me interview. Let me interview you for a second. Do you? How many kids do you have? <laughs> which, I, I, I have three. Which yeah, one's which your one favorite? Of them is your favorite? Well, they're not going to listen to the show, so. Um, no. <laughs> no, I'll play this game. No, I, 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 I'll I, go first. I know it was a loaded question when I asked here. it. Yeah. I, I'll be the first one to go here. I'll be the bad okay. guy. Um, I, but I do. Uh, I cannot pick just one. Um, let me cheat here, and I'm going to take two. Okay, that uh, works. My my T Max. It was my first hobby grade RC car to get me into this hobby and get me hooked. Um, it, it, bitten by the bug. Um, it, being a nitro car, you hit the ground running. Um, nitro is not your typical plug and play. Um, nitro will test anyone's patience. But that being said, you are forced to learn everything there is to know about that rig uh, inside and out. Um, so I owe a lot to the T-Max and, and it being Nitro because it taught me on a fast track. It taught me a lot about the world of RC and how to uh, wrench on my truck. Um, again, Traxxas is having a huge supporter of um, aftermarket parts from other vendors. Uh, there was a lot of upgrades out there available. That also made this truck exciting to work on. Um, but I think I come back to the T-Max because it was my first one. So it, it holds a soft spot in my heart. But the one rig that surprises me the most is my SCX-10 Jurassic Park build. Now, that truck has to be up there in one of my favorites for the reason of being kind of the game changer for me. It's the one that will say, put me on the map. Um, it got a ton of attention. Lots of praise, uh, numerous companies, um, RC magazines, social media outlets. So much attention was put on this truck, on this build, and it, it shocked me because I have others that I did with a lot more blood, sweat, and tears invested, a lot more thought put into it. Because at the end of the day, that Jurassic Park truck is pretty much a stock SCX-10 with a simple wrap. 
there's a vinyl wrap around it. It says Jurassic Park, but for some reason that caught the attention of so many other people. Um, they they raved over it. Um, obviously, I liked it myself personally. I, yeah. I wouldn't have bought that wrap if I didn't like it. But that being said, I had a plenty of other builds out there that I thought were way cooler or I put a ton of more time and energy into building them that didn't get that same praise. But that being said, it is what it is. So it has to be up there in one of my favorites. And I owe a lot to that specific build for um, making it the one that put me on the map and um, started it all. It's really what gave me um, my jump start into the scale world. Um, and after doing that one, I just wanted to keep building scale. Um, I still do the go fast stuff. If I get a chance on Saturday, I will grab my Revo, throw a 6L in there and go have at it. Um, but at the end of the day, I still go back to scale. Um, it's definitely, I think the direction that it's going, um, the hobby is definitely going that way. Um, but one of the neat things about this hobby is you can pick up whatever truck you feel like and go play with them. Go have fun. So at the end of the day, that Jurassic Park build has to be up there with my, one of my favorites. All right. Nice selections. I know that Jurassic Park build, I think that was the first one that I noticed and then kind of yes. contacted you and we started yes. talking. And it's like, hey, that's really cool. And I think you hit the nostalgia button with that one. I, uh, yeah. So that played a big part in it. Okay, Brian, your turn. So I'm going to cheat myself, but it doesn't count as cheating because it's three different categories. So, okay. <laughs> and I make the rules, so it's all good. <laughs> so I think my go fast favorite vehicle of all time, because um, it also has some significance to me because my better half got it for me. And it's just one of those very easy, put a battery in it eat the living crap out of it and it just keeps going and going until this day it's still stock other than the motor that i did to it in the beadlocks and the really cool body i did of course but i would have to say my traxxas slash is my favorite go fast vehicle okay um my favorite crawler has to be my tf2 um I made that thing look like a beautiful showpiece. I got a full, you know, interior, full 22RE turbo motor inside. I mean, it's got every detailed piece and nook and cranny you can put in the thing. And people get mad at me all the time because I play with it, like actually play with it. This thing's got more road rash than, you know, a biker coming off of his bike wearing absolutely nothing. And it's beat to crap. And it, just looks better and the more i beat it up the better it performs and it had doesn't fail because it's gotten me five awards this year including best of shows it's won me competitions it places me top 10 um in all the comps that i go and uh it's definitely got a special place there and brian let me jump in and say that was best of show at the scale expo where you were talking about super scale, the best of all the scale all together, and that thing still stood out in a crowd. Yep, and took best of show. Wow. Very um, yeah. And I would also say that my ultimate, ultimate favorite build of all time 
was my 773 Caterpillar Quarry Dump Truck. It's my coup de gras. It's my my longest and most complicated build to this date. And um, every time I think about it, I hate it the most and I love it the most. <laughs> because I was going to an event where I needed to, you know, put out something new that nobody has seen before. And I didn't know what that was. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't doing anything. Um, I didn't have anything, you know, set up, ready to go. So I always wanted to build a quarry dump truck. And when I decided to build that one, I did all the research I could. At the time, Caterpillar around by me did not have that specific model. So I did all of the dimensions and, and, and drawings and um, scratch building and all that stuff based off of pictures and dimensions I got offline um, wow. after it was built, um, which took me 477 man hours to build. I basically was driving to this event. I built the truck within three weeks of no sleep. I got sick throughout the build. I was able to build it, get it to that event, got best of show for that event, landed a magazine cover with that truck as well. And uh, on the way there, I saw three of them lined up in a Caterpillar. I stopped. I went late to the show because I waited for that Caterpillar to open up. I told them I would love to take pictures of the real deal, take some measurements. They thought I was paparazzi. They didn't want nothing to do with me. I showed them the truck. They fell in love. The first thing oh. the guy says is, I'll let you drive the real one if you let me drive that one. And oh, wow. I'm sure you know what my response was because that was a deal. I got to drive it. I got to take measurements. And I think the thing that made me feel the best was when I saw the real one and I took pictures and I compared to what I basically worked off of pictures and online measurements, I hit it right on the money. Wow. There's two That's of them amazing. in the world. There's this one, the yellow one I have, and there's a white one that I sold to a man in Germany for $12,000. Holy wow. cats. <laughs> so <laughs> as of right now, that's my favorite all-time build, the one that gets the most attention, the one that people look at, and they're just like, oh, my God, how did you do it? It's impressive. I, I'll have to uh, hit you up for pictures of this because I don't believe I've seen it yet, but it sounds amazing. It, it is. I saw it in Florida at the Scale Expo in person, up close, and it, it's unbelievable. Wow. Wow. Uh, okay, so I have I have to ask now <clears throat> that you opened Pandora's box of awesome. What did you What did you build it with? Was it styrene? Was it three D printed? It was styrene, three D printed aluminum, steel, and blood, a sweat, and a little bit of tears. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Just amazing. That's a cool story. Thank you. Very cool. Cool story with a cool build. They go together. And I will, I will definitely give you props for categorizing your favorites because that's I was in my head. I'm, I was thinking, oh, gee, well, my favorite crawler is this one, and my favorite go fast <laughs> is this one, and my favorite 18th scale go fast is this one, and my favorite 18th scale crawler is this. <laughs> there you go. You, you know. Well, well, that's the best thing about this hobby is you know people will look at your selection of cars and they'll just say RC cars and. Yeah, a true hobbyist will look at each car and say, well, no, they're all different. <laughs> each one of these cars has a specific purpose. So they're not yeah. just RC cars. Each one of them has its own personality, and they're all have a specific purpose. 
It's not. I didn't exactly. just get another. I didn't just get another RC car. I got yeah, right. You know, I, I don't have an 18 scale crawler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Need, needed one of those. I have a really good customer, or I should say, had a really good customer who unfortunately passed away. Um, he was a big enthusiast, super into scale, very big supportive of me. He's been there since day one. Um, and he taught me something. He asked me, he said, do you know what RC means? And I said, yeah, radio control. Some people say remote control. And he's like, but do you know what it means? And I said, no. He's like, that's not what it means. RC means just one more. <laughs> <laughs> And it's true. It's it, just it's very one true. more. Yep. Very true. All right. So if, if people want to learn more about Exclusive RC or Brian, your builds, or Mike, your builds, where can they go online, social media-wise, website-wise, to find that? And Brian, I'll let you go first. And Mike, if you want to then chime in with your sites and, and profiles. They can go to... They can go to my direct page, Brian Almeida on Facebook. They can go to Exclusive RC, um, ExclusiveRC.com or TheScaleKing.com. They can go on Instagram to Exclusive underscore RC um, and Facebook as well. And uh, I post everywhere I try to. I know Mike's going to be helping me with the Instagram. Um, so we'll be uh, having a lot more posts and activity going on there. And, um, yeah, you'll definitely find me there. And, uh, yeah, mate, you're able to reach me. So that's the other thing, too. I've never forgotten what it's like to be on the other side of the counter, as they say. Um, I'm still reachable. I'm never going to get too big that you're never going to be able to reach me. I mean, there's a reason I have really good customer service. I like to take care of all my customers the same, whether they spend a dollar or a thousand. And um, I'll always be reachable. They can reach me, ask me any questions, contact me, questions, concerns. And uh, yeah, I'll be around. I ain't going nowhere. Awesome. Uh, for me, uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, my personal page, Mike George, or I have a Monster RC, um, a separate Facebook page where I do a lot of focus, just all RC related. And you can also find me on Instagram at Monster RC. Um, those are my three spots, and I welcome anyone to. Come along and follow and share with me your builds and see what I'm doing. And uh, let's just have fun together on this epic journey. Beautiful thing. Very well said. Yeah, very well said. Uh, and I will include links to all of your social profiles, websites, you name it, in the show notes for this episode. So there'll be an easy way for people to link up with you guys. Uh, once again, I do thank you guys, Brian and Mike, for joining me on this episode of the RC New Podcast. Uh, don't, don't be strangers. You can always come back. Absolutely. Tim, thank you very much. That was a blast. Oh, you're yep. very welcome. Thank you. You got it. Once again, I want to thank Brian and Mike for joining me on this episode of the RC New Podcast. I, I love hearing the stories of how people got into the hobby, what keeps them in the hobby, what keeps them going in the hobby. It's easy to get into something and half-heartedly get into it and eh, not really care. And then you get out and it just, it doesn't stick. The RC hobby has stuck with me like nothing I've ever experienced before. The, the people are amazing. The community is amazing. The brands are amazing. Just everything about it is, is great. And there's always something to do. If you're not into driving, 
you know, one day you can go wrench on your machine. If you're not into that, you can make scale accessories or paint your car or, you know, build a racetrack and have your friends over and watch them race, you know, whatever it is. I've had a blast just watching my kids pick up some of these faster, more complicated vehicles and just taking pictures of them. And they've got big smiles on their faces and they're having a great time. Uh, you know, there is something for everybody in this hobby. And I love hearing, you know, what keeps Mike involved and what keeps Brian involved and, and hearing where Brian is going with exclusive RC. I personally cannot wait to see what else he comes up with. And he mentioned Jonathan Baskins. If you have not checked out Jonathan Baskins website, powershiftrc.com, go ahead and do that. Jonathan is, I, I don't know him personally. We've had a few Facebook chats back and forth. I, he is the closest thing to a mad scientist in the best way possible that I can think of. He comes up with these just amazing electrical projects and bits and pieces and accessories. And, and to hear that he and Brian are, are working on some pieces together, that's really exciting. Like, that's almost Traxxas TRX4 level exciting for me. Uh, just the, the amount of creativity that those two have individually. And when you combine that... Um, I think we're all in for a treat, especially if you're into the scale, the R scale RC side of the hobby. Uh, you're definitely in for a treat watching what those guys come up with. So be sure to check out both ExclusiveRC.com and PowerShiftRC.com as well. So with that, I'm going to wrap this episode up. I do thank you all for listening to the show. If this has been your first time listening, thank you very much. If you haven't subscribed yet, I do encourage you to do that. You can do that through a variety of means, whether it's iTunes, Google Play Music, the Apple Podcast app, your favorite podcast app, if it's not any of the ones I just mentioned, you know, whatever you want to do, just subscribe to the show and get all of this goodness coming to you whenever I release a new show. Um, you can listen to past episodes at rcnoob.com slash the dash podcast, or if you want just the full feed of the show, you can go to rcnoob.com slash podcast. Simple as that. If you want to get into everything else RC Noob related, social media, reviews, videos, thoughts, musings, whatever, that's rcnoob.com. From there, you'll find everything that you need. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your support. If you do want to support RC Noob and you like the content that I put out, please consider supporting the show and the website through Patreon. You can do that through patreon.com slash rcnoob. Go there, you can find a little more information about what Patreon is and how you can support RC New and support the RC New podcast. So with that, my name is Tim. Keep those batteries charged. Keep your nitro topped off. Keep loving this hobby. We'll talk with you next time.